Before we get started today, I really want to share something with you. Listening to podcasts and starting my own has been a game changer for me. An obvious reason for that is, of course, that I get to meet so many great people through Stories for the Future, and my network has exploded because of it. But the benefits from podcasts started long before that, and those benefits came from listening. When I first discovered that there is a podcast for almost everything, I became addicted. I started listening to podcasts for entrepreneurs, podcasts about sustainability and climate, about the brain, about health, food, work, writing, science, finance, you name it. My list is changing all the time depending on where my interests are at that moment. And I often find new favorites by listening to one that interviews another podcaster or where another podcast is mentioned. And today I want to do the same thing for you. So I have actually made a list for you. All my favorite podcasts at at the moment, spanning many different topics and styles. You can find it at the top of my website, storiesforthefuture.no, and I will be updating this list on a regular basis. I think this is a great way to spread the word about other podcasts that might otherwise be hard to find, and I really hope you will enjoy it. One of the podcasts that has been on my list forever is the one produced by today's guest, and we will get back to that in a minute. Another one I want to mention is one that I recently found. It's called Sugar Coated, and the host is Adrian Garland. This is a podcast about women leaders and entrepreneurs, their stories, their businesses, and their challenges. And the, the next two sentences from the description is why I really like it. For far too long, women have been sugarcoating our voices, thoughts, and opinions. That stops here and now. The Sugarcoated podcast is the place where women can express their brilliance without sugarcoating anything. So can you see why this found its way into my list? Highly recommended. But now let's get started on today's episode. Stories for the Future, a podcast on a mission to get you excited and optimistic about the future full of fantastic opportunities. My name is Vesla Mauklavnesberge, and I'm trying to figure out how we can all live good lives, have exciting jobs, and at the same time, take good care of the planet and everyone living here. I want to unlock the superpowers of everyday people so that together we can co-create a future we're all excited about. So come join me. The future is up to us and I know we can make it a good one. Today I'm really excited to introduce to you the last guest for this season. And it is so appropriate that she is the last guest. It is almost like closing the loop for this season, which has been about having an impact through the work you do, while at the same time really enjoying what you do. Because today you will meet the woman who I would say is the reason I get to play around in this wonderful world of podcasting. 
She's the one who inspired me and encouraged me to go after my dream of starting my own podcast. The small thought I had sometime back in 2018 would have remained that, just that, a small thought, if it hadn't been for Regina Larco. So let me tell you about her. Regina is the host of the fabulous podcast Hashtag Impact. She's a podcast mentor and coach, a TEDx speaker, a storyteller, educator, and a really great businesswoman. Her podcast was actually one of the first I really started to follow, and her mission to inspire everyone to make their own positive impact has aligned very much with my own during these last years. We both love Coldplay, and if it hadn't been for the royalty rules for using music, Coldplay's Viva La Vida would have been the soundtrack for this episode. So then you just have to pretend that song in the background while you listen. Here is my conversation with my good friend and mentor, Regina Larco. Enjoy! Finally, Regina, we get to do this. Welcome to Stories for the Future. Thank you so much for having me, Veshleme. I'm so happy to be here. What an honor. Likewise, an honor to have you. And for all the listeners, Regina is my number one go-to person when it comes to podcasting. And I call her my podcasting mentor. And I think we have to go back to 2018 when I was first introduced to you and our mutual connection your friend Carrie Enge introduced me to you because I started thinking about starting a podcast and I just needed some some guidance and then I contacted you and you were so helpful and answered all my my stupid (laughs) probably questions and then I think work and different projects got in the way so it it took a while but then COVID hit And I jumped into your podcasting course. And that is what got me started. So I have you to thank for my podcast. Honestly. You know, Vajlima, I have to thank you. And can I put that now on the record? Have I ever told you that? I have to thank you for the course. The course would not exist without you. (laughs) I promise you, because that was one of the conversations I had that in 2018, when I gave you some tips where I felt this is not enough. You know, I was in Hong Kong at that time. I wanted you to have access to everything you needed to get the podcast started. And it took me a year to build it because of all the other things I was doing at Mm. that time. Uh, like giving birth to yet another child (laughs) of mine. (laughs) Just a minor detail there. (laughs) Yeah. But then, you know, I would always, I would sit down and I knew there were people that needed that course, but I had you in mind, you know. Mm -hmm. I was like, I need to get that ready for Veshlemer. And I didn't know if you would ever then really go through with it, but you were my motivation to do it. So I have to thank you from the bottom of my heart and all the people that are now enjoying and loving the course, because if it wasn't for you, I might have as well just, you know, given up at some point as well to put it all together. Oh, this is so funny or or great. Think think about how we (laughs) kind of helped helped each other to, (laughs) to get going. So before we jump into everything around podcasting and everything that you're doing, 
In your words, who is Regina? Oh, who is Regina? Mm, the fun thing that I would answer this question differently at any given day, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I am, I am a hopeless optimist who wants to make a difference in the world by using my talents and along the way oftentimes failing and questioning if I'm on the right path mm. and trying my best to to show up as the best version of myself nevertheless even on days when I'm doubting yeah Yeah, yeah, I guess that's who I am. <laughs> and and you're doing the, that in a very good way, I would say. And I, I I think this is this is one of the things I like the most about you is that you have this fantastic way of making people feel good, I think. So when I've been in your like your your groups and we have these mentoring groups and things like that, it's so you you bring this great atmosphere and everybody feels feels good about themselves so this this is a great talent of yours i would say oh, thank you thank you for saying that and i've i feel that energy as well than when i'm around people i think i'm just i've just always been a people's person mm. i think that's just uh, that is actually one of my talents yes. that i thrive when i can be around others especially when when there is a shared interest and a shared passion Uh, then it just gives me so much energy. Mm. So you mentioned giving birth to your youngest, I, yeah, in Hong Kong. So you have three children and you have lived abroad for quite a while. Now you're back in Vienna, right? Yes. So I've been I've been abroad for 13 years now. 13? Wow. 13 Ooh. years, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I've... I'm originally from Vienna and I studied Chinese at university mm -hmm. and that's what brought me to China for the first time back in 2004. And then I lived there for a year and did my, you know, did my studies there and met a wonderful Swedish man who I fell in love with and ended up marrying and having three kids with. <laughs> Uh, so that brought me for a while then also to Sweden, where I lived for uh, for like around a year to do my master's degree. And then we moved back to Vienna, we're there for a year. And then I think that, um, you know, that that time of our lives when we then had both graduated from university and we had that common shared interest in, you know, in China, having lived there, having met there as students. We were so curious if we could make it there as professionals mm -hmm. as well. So that was then in 2009 that we packed our bags and we just, we, we said to our families, we're going to go to Shanghai for a year. <laughs> and we had no jobs and nothing, you know, we just packed our bags and we went. And But we were very convinced that we would find jobs there mm. as we did very quickly. And that's then what kept us there. I then had a great opportunity to start working uh, in Beijing as well. So then we moved to Beijing and we lived there for four years. 
And after that, my husband had got a great offer to work in Hong Kong. And that's what then brought us to Hong Kong in 2014. That's where we then started our family. That's where I started my business. That's where we started our life, going from a couple into Mm. becoming a family. Yeah. And then 13 years later... Our family had kind of given up on us on ever returning <laughs> yeah. to Europe. I guess then that was also the time, you know, like for, I think, everyone on this earth, COVID kind of impacted our lives mm-hmm. and our life journeys. And yeah, to be honest, if it wasn't for COVID and all the restrictions and all the the distance that we then felt from our family because we were really kind of like stuck there for for two full years where we couldn't travel to see our friends and family back home. Mm. Uh, That was kind of the initial, that was a motivation for us to to look into coming back to Europe. And we might not, you know, now when the family hears it, maybe when they listen to the podcast, they might be sad hearing that. Uh, But it might not have happened now when it wouldn't have been for that experience being so separated from them but now we're really glad it did happen and we didn't end up in another city in Asia where that would have been I think a very natural way for us to progress our careers there would have been lots of opportunities there for us and for my husband in particular because I can take my business wherever I am but for him in particular but then we said you know let's go back let's go back to Europe to be closer to the family and now Mm. we're here it's such a such a different quality of course mm. of the relationship that we get to build especially for our children yeah. being able to really now grow up with having the grandparents around mm. how amazing is that yes. so grateful <laughs> absolutely but your journey Today you have your fantastic podcast, Hashtag Impact, and you have your own company that you run and you have your course, podcasting course and everything that you do. I always think it's so interesting to hear how people ended up where they did uh, compared to where you started out. So with your, your background studying Chinese and where do you just start off working and how come you ended up podcasting yeah (laughs) how did that even happen yes I mean how did it even happen that I studied Chinese that was also random and that's maybe a different story for a different podcast or maybe people can actually hear that on my podcast I'm sharing that story but it would just go you know like then the time is gonna like not Mm. even be enough for that so looking at the professional career mm, you know I I I after graduation from university, all I really wanted is to be independent, have my own salary, stand on my own feet, pay my own rent, move out. I really, I had still lived at home for the longest time to, while I was still a student because I was in Vienna and, you know, why pay for a flat myself mm. when I have a room in my cozy home anyway? And then just being independent and having my own, yeah, my own money. That was the driver for me to go into my first job. And I was very, very impatient. You know, I didn't care if I would now have a job that fits my degree. 
I just wanted to get working. So I ended up working for a Finnish events company as a sales manager. Wow. Gosh, (laughs) what is that? But it was a great experience, you know, doing all these cold calls, doing all these sales. It helps me today when I have to Mm. work on business development. Also, you know, putting myself out there with services that I provide and, and charging for them. Um, but then, you know, going to China, of course, was a big motivation for me to say, you know, why am I a sales manager now? Maybe I should actually do something with what I studied. I spent a lot of time on that and it did work out for me. Now we were then in Shanghai looking for a job and I got this brilliant job working in international development, looking at doing China research, researching on China's role in the world, writing reports, doing scientific work with this well-esteemed, renowned organization with a really great boss and mentor. And like he was such a great, he knew so much about China and he took me to all the meetings and I learned so much. And I was super content with that until I felt I outgrew it a bit, Mm -hmm. the role I was in. So I did that for five years And then we moved to Hong Kong and then I kind of felt really lost. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what am I doing now? Now, where's my place in this new city and what do I want to do with my career next? And there was like a year of a lot of doubting and soul searching and feeling just utterly lost. Mm. And that's the time when I just listened to a lot of podcasts and watched a lot of TED Talks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what am I, you know, what am I good at? What am I, what do I want to maybe learn? Something new I wanted to learn. I didn't feel like so challenged in my role anymore anyway with what I did. And also I felt a little bit, I wanted a little bit of distance. Of, I was still living in China, but I still wanted, I wanted a distance from the topic because it had gotten very heavy for me with, with how the political situation started developing. And I just didn't want to be in it that much anymore. Mm. I was like, I can still live in China, but I don't want to, I don't want to do research about it anymore. Not for a while at least. And then I was just walking down Hollywood Road one day and it was like this, aha, it was my coconut moment, (laughs) right? (laughs) Like you call it, this aha moment where I walked down Hollywood Road with a podcast in my ear and all of a sudden I realized, who are these people making these podcasts? I always thought it's like radio stations that have the rights to do this Mm. and like established broadcasting studios that do this like professionally and then I asked myself like who is this person because that wasn't a radio broadcaster and it wasn't a big broadcasting station it was just like a dude talking about (laughs) something yeah about starting a business Mm. and then I that was the first moment where I thought could I do that Mm. and no it's funny I think it happens to a lot of people when they are looking at their career, then looking back at things that they that they wanted to do when they were younger. Dreams they had. And I had many dreams, but one big dream was also to be a radio broadcaster. Mm-hmm. I loved audio. 
I love the format. I love listening to the radio. And then that it all of a sudden it kind of all fell together. You know that feeling mm. when all of a sudden like this, all these little mosaic pieces of what you've been reading and writing and thinking and all of a sudden like, yeah, I want to do this. Yes. Could I maybe start a podcast? And and then there was no stopping from there. Like once yeah. I decided, I with all my heart, I wanted to get it launched. And then I did. Yeah. But how did you end up with, you know, your podcast is called Hashtag Impact. What do you say in your tagline again about things that matter? Yes. Yes. I love that. So how did you end up with that kind of, it's a, it's a broad topic, but what brought you in that direction? I was always really interested in people that, did good in the world. Mm. I always wanted to do good in the world. I wanted to, you know, make a difference. And also with the work I did before, like looking at the the work I did with that with that organization I was in, I knew it was impactful. Mm. And that made me really happy. I felt it was meaningful if I do work that actually moves the needle and makes a difference in people's lives. And for me, I'm very drawn to topics around like social justice and and human rights and the human aspects of making the world better for for people. And I thought if I could find other people that do amazing work in that area, like that are starting either their own social enterprises or that are working for NGOs that are doing good in the world. And I could interview them and ask them about why they do what they do and why they are so passionate about it. Then I could, you know, inspire others to to either volunteer for them or support them in any other way, like support that organization, but also think about what they could do, right? Mm. You also, you we share that passion of, we are in the business of inspiration, yeah. right? Definitely. Yeah. But also it was a bit selfish, of course, because it was at a time where I did question as well, did it actually make that much of an impact what I did do in my former career? Mm. You know, I was... I knew I did something good, but I was also a bit disillusioned about my work. So I thought if I could find people that are super passionate about making a difference, then I could also find that spark for myself again, Mm. that it does move the needle. It does make an impact. It is not in vain. And this could be people that are then now also working in, in social justice, but I I didn't want to I didn't want to narrow it down to that just because it was topic that interested me the most, right? I also wanted to find people that do good for the planet and for the environment and in that way make it really broad and invite everyone in that just had an interesting story to share about how they are making the world better. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to meet people, really. Yes. I was new in the city and I thought if I could meet these people in person because that's what I did that then Mm. recording in person in Hong Kong and I could meet them you know for coffee but it wouldn't just be a coffee because they wouldn't have time for coffee with me Mm. would they Mm. but 
I could interview them for my podcast. And then they all said, yes, you know, anyone I wanted to meet, they were happy to give me their time. I think that is one of the best things about the podcast is, is all the people you get to meet. And as you say, people are so positive when it comes to, they want to share their story. And so it's a, it's a kind of a win-win for both uh, sides. And I would, I would uh, mention, I, I just thought about it when you, when you share this story now, because like moving the needle and people that you can inspire, I can actually remember exactly a moment we were driving, I think we were on a summer holiday driving in Norway, and I sat listening to Hashtag Impact podcast on my headset in the car with the kids in the back and my husband there. And I can I can now recall that exact moment and how that inspired me to think that, hmm, just as you say, who are these people who make this podcast? Could I do this? And I remember also being so, I was so fascinated, fascinated by your the name that you had come up with, hashtag impact. I think that is so brilliant. So I remember sitting there trying to figure out, hmm, what kind of name could I come up with? <laughs> so that's just really funny to think about. But it goes to show that even though, how many people you inspire, but that can that snowball effect that you can trigger by doing what you do, that could be huge. Oh, gosh, I'm like almost crying here because I'm just so, you know, because there is these moments when you question, mm. you know? Yes. And I mean, can I be completely honest with you now when we, we moved our life from Hong Kong to Vienna also in a quite dramatic way because me and the kids left within a week. Like we decided mm-hmm. and then we left because of all these restrictions they had put in place. And we were like seriously scared of being separated from our children when they would test positive for COVID and mm-hmm. we would not. It was all a possibility at that time. Now things are changing, thank God, as well. But it's it was in that moment moving, like when these big things happen in your life, right? And you just have to focus on what's the priority here. Mm-hmm. And of course, then the family, the kids, it was top priority. And in these moments, when I then arrive here in Vienna, And I have started building this community in Hong Kong. It's a global community, but still there are, it was very Hong Kong based in Mm. a way, right? And then I was really questioning, like, do I even have the energy levels now that I have to redo my whole life? It felt at least like that. Mm. It felt like that. And I have the, I have the privilege and so lucky, you know, that people want to be involved in the podcast that are coming in as co-hosts as well. And honestly, I'm going to say it now. Uh, we had a co-host over now the last few months. Juhi, he when you hear this, literally, if it wasn't for her showing up there, doing the recordings, being eager to learn and going on the podcast with her own recordings... I don't know, maybe I should, maybe I would have said, 
You know, mm. I can't. Mm. Let's just let's just stop this. You know, yeah. I can't. And that's really, in a way, you know, scary sometimes mm. to even during those times when it gets tough to still keep showing up, even though it's it's hard and finding ways and the community that keeps you going. And then, you know, I just have to think of Eshleman. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, this podcast makes an impact. Here we go. Would you say that, because this is one of my, my a question I always like to ask when during these times, th that is a very good example of a time that is really tough. And when you're, you're working for yourself and you're kind of everything is dependent on you basically so mm. and it can be hard that that part you mentioned there is that is that the drive when you wake up on a as I asked my my previous guest when you wake up on a gray morning <laughs> in London for his case in Vienna <laughs> and you feel that well this is this is heavy what what is it that makes you put in that extra gear then is that the people around you Is it the causes? What would you say? Is the drive? It's a little bit of everything, I guess. Mm -hmm. No, that there, that I feel responsible in a way to you know my clients, my guests on the podcast. I feel responsible to live up to the vision I have and my own goals. And I think it's also a bit of stubbornness <laughs> that I have. It's kind of like, you know, yeah, it's not supposed to be easy all the time. Mm. Some days feel lighter and it is super motivating and you feel like, yeah, I got this. I got this. And then certain seasons also in your life I wouldn't even say for me it's not so much day to day for me it's it's more like certain seasons of life especially when I'm facing bigger changes and that was every time another child was added in our mm. family <laughs> context right or now with the move from from another city to relocating where I feel I really need to work on myself to expand my comfort zone because I was comfortable with what I knew and where I was and how my family dynamics worked and how the the routines around it, the structures. And then when those seasons that are hard come in my life, I've, I do actually feel responsibility to to not give up because I own it to myself mm. and my dreams. And I've worked hard on this. So, you know, the minute I want to give up, the next moment I feel a bit silly. I'm, I'm like, you know, almost like laughing at myself and oftentimes literally laughing. <laughs> and that yeah. helps as well, you yeah. know, sometimes just laughing it off. Like, okay, <clears throat> that was a silly day. Mm. Let's write this off. So hashtag impact is about things that matter. So, so you are you are working on impact and, and and doing that using your skills in that 
best possible way. But how do you find that balance then between creating the best possible life for yourself and your family in combination with doing the best that you can to create a better future and inspiring people? By being super mindful with my where I put my focus mm. and my time and to fully show up for either, you know. And sometimes you cannot really divide it like, oh, now is, you know, you cannot switch off your 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 monkey mind, no. you know. It's mm. like racing and then all of a sudden you're like playing with your kids and you have like this amazing idea what you should implement on the podcast. Mm. And that has been really hard for me uh, to follow through kind of like in the early days when I had so many ideas and so many different things cooking and I wanted to do everything at the same time and I got really impatient. Mm. And how I find my balance now is that I, I'm so much more conscious of allowing it to take time like the business building the business it does not happen overnight and I have now realized that yeah. <laughs> and then also finding it really rewarding to actually switch off and let it go like mm. certain things I'm working on mm. and then when the kids are coming home I want to be with them and I want to enjoy them mm. even the hard days when they're totally going on my nerves like yesterday when they are all three of them hungry and totally annoyed with <laughs> each other and with me and I'm trying to also just you know let it happen like again it is not supposed to be easy easy all the time and I think one of my biggest responsibility as like as a parent and where I see a lot of learning as well is to you know just to give them those values as well like what like to be kind human beings that mm. are taking care of themselves and taking care of each other as well mm. and of you know and in the in a broader sense of of our of our planet mm. it's how we live and the things that we teach them it's a lot of It's it's a, a big privilege, mm. I think, to to be part of the next generation in that sense. It is, and you have given them also some really <clears throat> great experiences by by being able to to living in in a very different country. So I want to go back to that a little bit. You are born. And raised in Austria, you lived so many years in Hong Kong and in Sweden. You are married to a Swede. All this, what kind of perspectives would you say that you have gotten from, from this that you wouldn't have had if you had just stayed in, in your home country or followed the more the normal path, perhaps? I love reflecting on that. Thank you for allowing <laughs> me to do that. Because I think I don't often do it. I just, you know, once you live your life and you don't really take so many moments to actually think about that. Mm. But the, what came to mind first is that being raised in a certain context, 
I thought that's just how life is. And that's how it is for everyone, I guess. I, as a child, understood that there are different languages because there were a lot of refugees in my class. I knew there were different religions because there were different, you know, faith, people with different faiths that were or that are my friends. So I was exposed to more than just my family context and traditions. Mm. And we traveled a lot as well when I was um, a teenager. We would go travel a lot with, with my mom and her partner at that time. And that broadened my horizon, I think, as well, much more than I ever knew it did mm. back then, right? But it is different as well when you live yeah. than in another context. And guess what it helped with was to then also understand that actually... In the end, humans are not that different, yeah. you know? Mm. And what drives us as human beings, the things we're looking for to have, you know, safety for us and our family, to hopefully be healthy and happy, you know, these are things that they didn't change for me, for my wish list. And I also saw that for the people that are from different countries, even though they're you also, when you look at the political context people are living in, like when mm. you're living in, in mainland China in particular, people grow up in a different political system. Yeah. And I think what I learned and what I try to maybe, or what I hope that my kids feel no matter where we live is that it's so hard not to take our own um, wiring or how should I say, or like our own ways, how we were raised as something that is the norm mm. or that is better or that is, how should I say, like that we don't start judging, but it's so hard yeah. to not judge. Yes, it is. And I think that's what it, maybe living abroad can, or at least that's what it taught me to, to understand that no one can, that you always have to look at the context, mm, I think. Mm. Maybe that's what I want to say. Does that make any sense? Yes, it does. I think, and it's, it's this this uh, thing that I'm kind of struggling a lot with these days is the, the importance of traveling. I think it is so important that we, that we still explore other parts of the world and learn learn about other cultures and people and languages and religions and today that is kind of a, the opposite of what you should do when you're trying to live sustainably you know at least the flying part that is kind mm -hmm. of something i've tried to avoid but i i i've come back to it so many times lately that 
that is so important that we keep keep learning from each other and like think of this think of us as global citizens because it's as you say it's so it's so easy to judge and having lived in a different country you see things from a different angle because you've learned to know that culture and the way of thinking so yeah makes sense but it's hard you know yeah it's still it's it's very hard to to i guess to stick to that mm. or to to notice it when it happens you know yeah when you're doing it it's, yourself it's like oh okay. yeah um and for that i think it's so just to have these conversations and going back to listening you know mm. we're in the business of inspiring but we're also in the business of listening mm. aren't we Vashlima? yes we are so it's hard it's hard to do that it takes practice as well and and I, i think also like in the sustainability context there is so much judging yes there is so much judging and that makes me sometimes just do i even want to try because mm. i can't get it right anyway mm. you know like i keep like for example i keep apologizing sometimes when i eat meat mm. because i still eat meat that's not good for mm. the planet and Uh, I, you know, there, there's, it's never, I feel I cannot live up mm. to certain expectations of how to then live a yeah. sustainable life. And, 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 but it's everywhere, right? Mm. It's not just the sustainability. It's also parenting, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, am I being a good enough mom? Yes. Like by what standard? Exactly. You know? And that's something that is. I think especially like in the global in the global context and you know that's super hard to achieve mm. to how do we find a way to communicate with each other because we need everyone to get on board mm. but still understand their context understand their history understand their political systems and certain boundaries that they might feel or or face you know and how can we still get people then on board on an institutional level, but then also when we speak then on the individual level, it's such a big challenge when you're looking at how much time do we have, mm. you know, then I want to, you know, I said, I'm a hopeless optimist, but then sometimes I also feel like, Oh God, <laughs> yeah. it fe it's sometimes that looks a bit hopeless. Uh, but then there are other ways to look at it in a different way, you know, then look at certain achievements that have been made you know, mm. that give super much hope for this better future that we, of course, want for mm. for our children and for future generations to come, mm. to live on a planet that is livable. So so with that, I, I will go into my second last question, which is about the future. So I previously, I've asked my guests, how do you ideally see our future in 10 years? But Looking at the urgency, I've shrunk it to three years. So ideally, where would you like to see our society in only three years? What have we accomplished by then? What have changed? In three years, I hope for much more honesty and transparency without pointing fingers. Mm. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yes. And now I'm thinking of a recent episode on 
on Hashtag Impact where we had Anna Röngard mm -hmm. on board who was talking about her experience working uh, in in supply chain and, transparent, and transparency there and working for a big corporation and looking at You know, it's it's so easy to always point fingers mm. and say it's not enough. It's not enough. Yeah. You're not doing enough. You're bad. You know, this was bad, 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 bad corporation. Mm. But then, even if you're just looking at the supply chain, the factors that are in there, you know, it's so complex. And if if in three years' time, corporation institutions individuals would feel that they are allowed to be actually honest with their, you know, with their contributions and being transparent with not being perfect, but doing their part. Mm. And instead of wasting too much time covering up certain things that maybe are not so perfect yet. So let's just spend a lot of money on not being so transparent about that why not then use the energy and the focus and the willpower and the resources to to actually do the work instead of just wasting time with creating storylines that might appear better mm -hmm. and that they would be welcomed by people that actually don't judge them for it yeah <laughs> Exactly. Is that an illusionist world? I'm living in my fairy tale world, but that that goes across everything, not just like sustainability, but in general, if, I think everything. If it would take away so much stress in the world, I think. Yeah, I think that is a not a fairy tale. It's a we we have to hope, and the human race has done amazing things before. So. I think we can do it. I'm also a very stubborn optimist. So I, I agree with you. So to end with, you are doing so many things. You have your podcast, hashtag impact. You have your course. Where do people find you? You can just uh, head over to hashtag impact.com. Mm -hmm. And you actually have to spell it out. And I'm sure Veshlemer will help you put a link. I will. I will. <laughs> yeah. So you can find me there um, or you can just Google my name, Regina Larco, yeah. and you'll find, you'll find the website there as well. And, it, you know, I would love to, to connect and hear from you. Uh, you just reach out to me. I always love to connect with people that are inspired to make, to make change. And if you find some inspiration on my podcast as well, that would make me, that would make my day. Yeah. Like Veshlemer on that drive, yeah. you know, yeah. take me wherever you are. Exactly. Uh, yeah. That would be lovely. And I can promise the listeners that you will find a lot of inspiration in your podcast. So mm. thank you for, for doing that and for mentoring me and for being my guest today. I really appreciate it. Oh, and thank you for being you and for being this person that keeps me going, Ashley you know? Those days when I yeah. feel, ah, mm, is it all worth it? There are some people on, really, on my list. I have like a list of like, I would say five people that I, I know I want to keep showing up for. And you are one of them. Oh, <laughs> it makes me happy. I'm so honored. Thank you. <laughs> 
Okay, so now I think you know what to do. And that is, of course, to go into your podcast player and subscribe to hashtag impact podcast. I promise you won't regret it. And also, if you are playing with the same thought as I did some years ago, thinking that maybe, just maybe, you would like to start your own podcast, then look no further. Regina's course is so practical and so easy to follow, and she does it in a way that really makes you want to follow through. You will find the link to that and everything else in the show notes. As I said, this was my last guest for the season, but that does not mean that the podcast goes on holiday just yet. I have a few things on my mind and I will share that with you in the coming weeks. So until then, have a great week and I will talk to you soon. Stories for the Future is made and edited by me, Vestlemøy Klavnesberge. You will find all links and information for this episode and everything else related to this podcast on storiesforthefuture.no. If you enjoyed this episode, hit subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you would like to show your support and make it easier for other people to find this podcast, I would be really grateful if you would leave a review. You can also follow me on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn at Stories for the Future. Mm-hmm.